Hello everyone, Joe Vore Podcast, JB Podcast Network, 16 Sundays in Hell, week 18, week 1 of the postseason, super wild card weekend game. This is the week of 17s, usually 17 is a curse for us, the 17th game of the season for the Cleveland Browns. 17 seasons without a playoff appearance, 17 straight losses in the city of Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, all of that a race tonight, the Browns make their way to the playoffs. They win in Pittsburgh. And they are going to play more than 17 games this season. The Browns 48, the Steelers 37, myself, the snowman. We are here. I just want to open up with this. What's so cool about winning this game is not obviously beating Pittsburgh is amazing. Obviously, advancing in the playoffs, giving yourself a chance again next week to win another game in advance is awesome. But because of what we're dealing with with COVID and the fact that Kevin Stefanski, who comes in and a guy who has filled the shoes of so many coaches that weren't able to do it, not only their fault, but, you know, other things, they weren't able to find a quarterback. Baker has filled those shoes as the quarterback. Finally, we have a coach who has come in. And seems like a guy that can actually last longer than one season, which is great. But I think about Joel Batonio, a guy who was drafted in 2014, who came in. The Browns win seven games. There was some excitement that season, but has seen the worst of the worst. The longest tenured Brown who missed this week because of COVID, now barring anything crazy happening, gets to play next week. And I am so incredibly happy for that reason, Joe Batonio gets to play in the playoffs, barring anything crazy to happen. And beating yep. Pittsburgh is pretty awesome, too. So I just want to know, oh, Snowman, yeah. now that I kind of got that out of the way, and also, too, how cool is it? What's the name of this uh, special teams guy, Pfizer? He's the pharmaceutical guy? Mike Pryfer. Mike Pryfer. So he grew up a Cleveland fan. He's, a, like, he's an Ohio kid, yeah. right? He grew up a huge Browns fan. Yeah. So he gets told... He gets the he gets the role of being the acting head coach, and he is the head coach, the acting head coach in Pittsburgh. Yep. The Browns beat Pittsburgh. He knows all about this. He, his family's a fan. He's a fan, and now he's coaching. You know, has been with the team these last few years, and he gets to do yep. this, which is also so cool. And the Browns just so much went right tonight. So, Snowman, before we dive into the details and talk about everything, just. How do you feel? What's going through your heads right now? Because this is historic. This is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely historic. I, I told you uh, at halftime, you know. Yep. I, I ran out of juice, man. By the end of the game, yeah. was, that first, like, seven, eight minutes of the first quarter, man, we had 28 points on the board. You, you, and I was losing it, like, so hyped. You were like Michael Scott after he eats the whole family pot pie and then he crashes at exactly. his desk. That's what you I, were. I crashed. I, 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 like, we got to the midway through the second quarter. I'm like, just like sitting here, still feeling all the same. Right. I just couldn't get up screaming and yelling. I mean, it was, I, I could not have scripted a better start to a football game than the first play. I mean, Dink and Flicka. It just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, having seven points on the board 12 seconds into the game is one of the, uh, you know, best feelings. Cause then you're just pl- you're playing with a lead the whole game. Exactly. I mean, the way that the game started out, the first play from scrimmage, Mr. Maurice Pouncey Hernandez snaps the ball 
over Ben Toothless Burger's head into the end zone, gets kicked around, recovered by Carl Joseph for a touchdown. So like you said, the Browns are up yeah. 7-0 early. I tweeted and I wrote down here in my notes. I'm like, is this what the playoffs are like? This is this is neat. This is cool. This is cool. I yeah. can vibe with this. I'm with this. I can, I can hang. I can yeah. hang with this. What's up? What's up? And then, you know, and then the first, you know, real Steelers drive, our good friend, Mr. Stewart Jr., who he had the interception last week too, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. so he has another interception. Like the Browns, they got to take advantage here. They're, and they do. They're in a third and fourth situation. Baker didn't try to do anything too big all night. He kept finding Hooper. And on this play in particular, third and four, he gets the ball to yep. Landry, a slant, and Landry does the wet, the rest. And what I'm so impressed with all these receivers, now, all, you know, got to give credit to Odell too when he plays. All these guys, the receivers really do block until the end, until the oh, play yeah. is over. Oh, yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, great job blocking down the field. Was a, You know, his guy was not in the play at all. You know, his guy would have made a tackle, but Landry's free, gets tripped up, but he's able to dive into the end zone. So all of a sudden... It's 14 yeah. nothing Cleveland, and the Browns are rolling. And now, here's what, um, you know, Pittsburgh comes out, they go three and out. I'm like, okay, let's step on their throat here, establish the run, find the end zone. Um, you know, Chubb was a, had a big run. I'll take another. He does it again. Yeah. Third down, Baker to Higgins, convert, and then we got a Kareem Hunt touchdown run, 11 yards. Um, they finish the job. And Conklin, you, you were talking about this. Conklin comes in, yeah. cleans it up. Make sure Hunt finds the end zone. It's 21 nothing. Now, it's weird. Yeah. In this season, we have seen this story twice before. Browns-Cowboys, yep. huge leads early. What the hell is going on? And then hang on for dear life. And it happened, of course, against Tennessee as well. Yeah. And now this week against Pittsburgh. I hate it. I hate playing with a lead. I would much rather, you know, have it be a 35-17 game then go up 28 to nothing because yeah. only bad things can happen. Like you're supposed to win then, right? Like if you're up 28, nothing now, granted, you know, I, I can't remember who it was, but I heard somebody talking about um, when they were playing the, playing the Indianapolis Colts. And right. They, they, I can't remember what game it was, but they got up 24 to nothing, 21, nothing. And everybody's like, Oh, you're up 21, nothing. That game should be over. You're like, no, that's a bad man, Philip Rivers, sitting over on the sideline who's going to come out and put 24 straight on your ass, which is what he ended up doing, and then the Colts win. So I'm like, it's just like it's hard to play with a with a huge lead like that because so, coach, so early. So I, I want you to come in and be Coach Snowman here. So yep. here's my question. I know you're not a defensive guy, but how do you find a mix? Because here's the Browns situation. They have this huge lead, right? And right. you. You would think it's like, okay, on defense, like, why would we make it so easy and play so soft on Pittsburgh? But you also have to factor in that the Browns' secondary and defense is not that great to start with. And they're so yeah. thin. There's no Denzel Ward. There's no Kevin Johnson. You're playing yeah. guys back there that, you know, were brought in um, or on the team. And because of COVID and injury situations, they go from being guys that are brought in that are good on special teams, and now they have to run around with Chase Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster one-on-one. So, how, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, do you play off that much and let Roethlisberger and those guys get into a rhythm? Um, you know, because you know, how do you handle that? Because we've seen it three times this year where the Browns have played soft, and especially today, the Browns never jumped out in those two games as big as a lead as they got out to. They didn't yeah. go twenty-eight 
up 28 nothing in the first quarter. It didn't happen right. so much like that like it did Instant tonight. I mean, literally, right. Pittsburgh, you know, they were down four scores, but they have three full quarters to come back. So, so, so what, like, as a coach, you know, what do you do there? Because, you know, there's so many variables. Personally, I, you know, their game plan coming into it was – Limit the big play. Right. that's what's, you know, Pittsburgh's really been struggling with. They haven't run the ball. They only ran for 52 yards, 53 yards tonight. Right. So they're not going to run the ball at you at all. No. They're going to make their money throwing, you know, five-yard routes and then hitting a deep ball. They kept everything in front of them. They made sure nobody was running deep, which I don't think, you know, Pittsburgh completed really any just big plays when it really mattered. You know, yeah, they had a few because they had a few one minute drives, like a minute and a half drives that were kind of scary. And and that's the big thing, too. It's like, okay, let them throw the ball over the all over the place. But if they're just going to dink and dunk five yards all all down the field, you keep them in bounds and they waste five, six minutes. They score a touchdown, whatever. But you can't give up a minute and 24 drives. That's 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 the problem. And, you know, we were taught we you know, we were also talking about how, you know, We'd like to see him get some pressure on him. You know, we, there were no sacks. I don't yeah, think, at all for the Cleveland. No, but that's in part because you know uh, Pittsburgh's spent this entire year uh, priding themselves on getting the ball out fast. I think I think the the, the clock from snap to throw has, for the Steelers has been the quickest of any team in, right. the, in the league. So well, you're just not going to yeah, well, sack anybody when they're throwing it in two seconds. Well, I think they gave up the least. They showed that graphic. Was it a, the least amount of sacks given up in a season right, by a yep. team since like the Colts in 2013 or something like yeah. that? It yep. was like 14 sacks all season, something insane. Right, which is, you know, when you throw the ball in, when you catch and throw, you know, just about every single time, you're not really going to, you're really not going to give up a whole lot of sacks. Right, right, so, exactly. You know, it, it, it ended up working out really well because we got out to that, you know, two score lead at the beginning and then they, you know, couldn't really, they had to try and press a little bit. Right. And, you know, we ended up being able to get two more on and then, you know, we're up 28 to nothing. The goal is, yeah, don't give up the big play, keep everything in front of you, tackle. Now, obviously you don't want to give up one minute drives. You want to try and try and, you know, right. limit that as much as possible but at at the same time you want to keep everything in front of you and funnel it up and tackle it all right so you know to kind of fast forward to the second half here again in the first half as we wrap up we had a red wine interception a porter gustin bosa interception which was awesome off the tip and the dive no doubt about it that he got his hands underneath it unbelievable so uh uh so you know brown's obviously up 28 nothing at the end of the first like we said Pittsburgh finally gets on the board. It's 28-7. to Now, this was big time. The Browns come out. They answer that right away. Nine plays, 64 yards, a minute drive of their own, a minute 10. Baker to yep. Hooper, wide open on the touchdown. Shout out Coach Callie, drawing that one up. And so 35-7, to huge answer. Pittsburgh gets three at the end of the first yep. half. It's 35-10. to 25 points. And I'm sure like you and the rest of the Browns fans, I'm still worried. At this point. Yeah, oh yeah, no. At, at, I don't think until that last, you know, stop there, that when, when Taco Taco picked it off. Right. That was when I just sat back and I'm like, this game's over. Yep. But up until that moment, I was clenched up like this, just hoping to God yep. we did not blow it. Right. But, right. you know, it just ended up being very nice. Right, right. And here's where... I got you know, like I told you, we talked on the phone at halftime. Here's what I said: when they're coming out of the third quarter, they get the ball. Yeah. Out of halftime, I'm like, this is the biggest drive of the game because one, it's your current drive, and what time is it? 
Right now. Right now. Yeah, so right there. At that time, is the most important drive because it's your current drive. But also, you got to set the tone here. And I think with a touchdown, they really could have, you know, not ended the game. But you could, you know, you would have felt really, you know, good up 42 to 10. Yeah. 42 to 10 to start the second half. That would have felt really good. Um, Pittsburgh forces a punt. And I really hated this because the Browns got sloppy here. They did a motion, a shift or something. And, right. and they end up having a nice play, and it would have been third and manageable, second and you know short, yep. whatever it would have been. But you know Baker snapped it, and just the communication was off. No one was set, and I could see it. I was really hoping they weren't going to throw a flag, but I knew it was coming back. You know, yeah. no one yeah. was, no one was set. No one knew where to be on the line of scrimmage. That, I, that, that's what I said. I'm like, don't come out in the second half because that's what the Browns did a little bit in that Cowboys game and more recent memory mm-hmm. with Tennessee when they were up big. Yeah. The you know they started not to play such a clean game right you know more balls were hitting the ground when they were passing um, and and also yeah. more penalties just like stupid penalties penalties on special teams giving other teams free you yards. get sloppy you know when you're up you know like the Tennessee game what was it, like thirty eight to seven or ten or something you know yeah it was Dallas big time game. at halftime yeah you know you, you, it's hard to play with a really big lead and especially in the NFL where every everybody on that other team, you know, there's 53 of the best athletes in the world, like right. the best football players in the world over on the other sideline. So they can score, you know, in the blink of an eye. So, right. you know, 28 nothing like it was tonight wasn't that's not like that's not a death sentence. That's a that's still a very very, you know, winnable game especially when it's just in the first quarter. Yeah, especially football, the what especially yeah. today with the way they pass them. I, I just I just really hated that because I'm like, now the Browns are, you know, second and 15 instead of having a better, yeah. you know, just yeah. I just didn't want to see penalties start to trickle in and start to, you know, send them backwards and and, and kill momentum. So Pittsburgh yeah. gets a touchdown way too easy. They missed a two-point conversion. It's 35 to 16. Then the Browns go three and out very quickly. You know, yeah. no fudge, except I didn't say fudge, Christmas story yeah. style. Pittsburgh again. Now it's 35 to 23. Three and out Cleveland. 35 23 at the end of three. I was really nervous. I mean, 12 point game, 15 minutes left. The way that, you know, things were, you know, going offensively for Pittsburgh. Um, Just didn't feel good. Now, here is where Mike Tomlin pretty much ended the game for Pittsburgh. Fourth and short, fourth and one. They're in their own yep. territory, but the way their defense was playing, getting all those three and outs, you know, Cleveland wasn't really doing anything. They weren't running the ball well. You absolutely go for it here. I mean, yep. th- this reminded me. Now I know they won the series, but if we flash back Cleveland sports history here, 2017 American League Division Series against the Yankees, that game two where the Indians were down eight to one, they come all the way back to win it in extras. Lonnie Chisholm up to bat. To load the bases, he gets hit in the hand. If you look at the replay, it's very clear that the ball hit the knob of the bat. It should have been a foul ball. Joe Girardi decides not to challenge it. Fast forward, I'm pretty sure the very next batter, Francisco Lindor hits a grand slam. All of a sudden, it's 8-7. to And the Indians are back right there. That famous, you know, RIP, not, you know, because he's not with the I-words anymore, but... Um, But but that very much reminded me of that. I'm like, this is a huge break. This is a huge break. And you know what? The best thing about it was, and it allowed us to breathe just for a second because the Browns or the the Steelers end up answering the the, first off, beautiful call on the screen, 40 yards, Chubb, touchdown. It allowed us to breathe. I felt better. But then Pittsburgh answers with a minute and 24 second drive. So all of a sudden we went from 
feeling good. Oh, Parky made a kick. Good for him. And, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, my God, now now we're back. So it goes from 42 to 23, yep. which feels good. Now 42-29 doesn't feel so good. But here's where Cleveland really put it away. They come out, 10-plus play drive, 6-plus minutes off the clock. They only get three points, but you know it goes to a, what's that, the 16-point game. So Pittsburgh would have yep. to get two touchdowns. Um, and two two-point conversions with 428 yep. to go. Obviously, plus the two-minute warning, some timeouts, all that stuff. But you feel, yep. feel much, much better, 45-29. Then, of course, as we alluded to earlier, we have arrived. And you know what? I've talked a lot of crap about Taco Taco, Taki Taki. But, you know, they, they put up his pro football focus ranking before the game. He's like mm-hmm. 12 at his position. That's he's not bad. He's, no, th- that's... It's super respectable. I will absolutely take that. So Taco yep. Taco seals the deal um, with, with that interception. Now the Browns, I was really hoping that field position after the interception, I was really hoping they were going to put up a 50-burger. I was hoping they were going to find the end zone. I was really hoping that as well. Yep. Um, um, but, of course, Parkey adds three, so it's 48-29. Baker, I thought, was really, really good tonight. Uh, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, I think he was 21 of 34, obviously took care of the ball, no fumbles, no interceptions. Um, He had a really nice big time run to get a first down where he put his head down and did a nice job with his feet. Um, And I like what the Browns did because even with all the guys that were missing on offense and gosh, we haven't even talked about, you know, first off, thank God that they were able to hang on to the lead because Jack Conklin looked like he was available in case of emergency Thank gosh it never came to that, and he didn't have to go back into the game so he could get as much rest as he needs because if it's just a hamstring and it's not horrible, I assume he will play next week. Um, yeah. But I liked what the Browns did. They even tried to go a little bit of tempo on offense there, a few plays. They got aggressive on offense, and they were more balanced. They weren't just going to come out there with three tight ends and run the ball. Maybe they would give you that look and they would go play action. And Landry was able to get free a few times. So I know you as an offensive guy had to appreciate that because they got, you know, those three and outs, they got a little less aggressive and they got a little bit more aggressive and they trusted Baker to throw the ball. And he made those big time completions and it allowed, um, you know, Chubb and Hunt to, to have some nice runs there at the end of the game so they could really seal the deal and end it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it it was a very, very well-rounded game. You know, they gave up 7,000 yards, but you know, you can do that when you have five turnovers and that's that, that is ultimately the nail. And you know, what ended up being the coffin for Pittsburgh was five turnovers. You don't win too many ball games doing that. Right. Ben texted me. I'm going to pull up this text. So my (laughs) brother, Ben, the, uh, the Steelers fan, what did he say? He goes, he goes, damn, if you if you would have told me Ben was throwing for 500-plus yards and four TDs, I would have liked our chances. I'm like, well, yeah. you, you kind of left out the, the four interceptions part. And he's like, right. and 28 nothing after the first quarter. But like you said, you know, it's funny to say it was a well-rounded game, great team win. But you say that because of the circumstances, the guys that are missing on both sides of the ball, the guys right. that are missing in, on the sidelines as coaches. You know, so right. many coaches missed today. Offensive line coach, yes. obviously Stefanski you know, um, wasn't there. I have to give a tremendous credit uh, to Alex Van Pelt, who called the game tonight. Excellent job. You know, yep. y- you would you never really would have 
you know, guess Stefanski, you know, wasn't on the sideline. It didn't feel like a non-Stefanski game. Which was yep. you know great and really really cool because obviously that's worked this I year. I think see see with that I think it really goes to show you at how you know Kevin calls the plays, Coach Stefanski calls the plays. Right. And I think it's more of a team you know coaching right. you know they, them coming together to figure out hey this is what we're gonna run this is what yep. we're gonna do and I think that's that's a really good sign that Van Pelt and you know even though Callahan wasn't there but Bill Callahan and Stefanski right. are all kind of one like minded guys that you know. They know what, you know, I saw something before the game. They, Van Pelt said, you know, I'm going to call plays that are true to Kevin's fancy, you know, what what he would do. So that's, you know, and that's just, that's really good because it would really suck to have, you know, Stefanski gone and then Van Pelt comes in and says, well, I'm, I'm calling my my offense. You know, I, I, this yeah. is my show tonight. You know, we're going to go five wide all night. We're throwing the ball 62 right. times. Like, that would not work. Well, and, that, you know, you know it's, it's and a very that- obvious thing. And that just goes back to the offseason. I've talked about it on this podcast before. The big word that I took from the offseason was alignment, alignment, alignment. Regardless of who they were bringing in, they wanted to bring in guys that aligned, that were on the same page, right? So the guy that was really in charge of the head coaching, Mr. Uh, Jonah Hill, D. Podesta, who was, you know, you know, Stefanski was his guy last year. Dorsey was in the building, so that's why they brought in Kitchens. So they bring in Stefanski this year. That's, you know, Haslam entrusted Dee Podesta. Dee Podesta brings in Stefanski. There's your alignment there. The name that was tied for general manager to Kevin Stefanski was Andrew Barry. Who's the general manager? Andrew Barry. There's alignment right there. What does Kevin Stefanski and his offense do really, really well? Getting the quarterback out in the pocket, naked boots, moving the pocket, things like that. What is Baker Mayfield really, really good at? Where is he most comfortable? Where is he the most efficient? All of those things. Everything works out. Stefanski likes to run the ball, set it up for play action. And you got Chunt in the backfield. The H is silent, uh, silent, of course. Of course. And we can't forget to mention them. They combined for three touchdowns. And um, what are you doing? Like the uh, Inception scene there? Or the uh, Troy Bolton scene where the where you're just like the walls just moving? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, dangerously low right now. Oh, my so gosh. I had to plug it in. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they combined for three touchdowns, 204 yeah. scrimmage yards. Um, I thought Hunt ran the ball great. Chubb ran the ball great. Chubb, really nice job receiving. Had some nice catches yeah. and runs tonight. Um, he was terrific. So going back to the point we were making, it's funny to say the defense gave up all those yards and all those things and being up, uh, you know, it was still a well-rounded game. Well, you know what? This is an outlier. When you're missing all these guys because of COVID and you're up 28 nothing after the first quarter, Things yeah. change a little bit, right? Context exactly. context is important, and it's not crazy at all. Baker said it after the game, too. This is a great all-around team win, and guys freaking stepped up. You're missing yeah. your head coach, who just led you to an 11-5 and season. Joel Petonio, pro football focus, and, you know, number one guard ranked, graded in yeah. the NFL. He's gone. Yeah. And, 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 and then know, his and, backup and, goes down. And then Conklin goes down within the game. No Denzel yeah. Ward. I mean, no Kevin Johnson. The Browns were so That's thin. Man up mentality, man. That's right. And you know what? The Browns did it tonight. 48, what was the final? 37, 48, 37. 48, 37, I believe. You know, and it's, it's really scary to me. You know, this team comes out, puts up 41 offensive points, and we don't have Batonio. We don't have our play caller. We don't have, you know, we don't yep. got all, we don't got all our guys, yeah, man. Yeah, we don't have all the guys, man. Yep. But, and, and, you 
then, you know, hopefully next week we can get Ward and Kevin Johnson back so fucking Javier Thomas can get the fuck out of the... Can go back to playing just special teams? Yeah, can go back to the freaking G League or wherever the hell we got him. He's terrible. But, you know, I... He's, special, he's good on special teams. I watch him on punt yeah, all the time. Yeah, well, that's all effort. He's not for guys. He's not very good, which is okay. But to get to it, you know, the Chiefs... Going to going to Arrowhead next year or next week, Road Warriors. I'm, you know, I, you know, we've talked about this is the NFL playoffs, man. Anything can happen. Anything know? can happen, and you know, to quote, you, you mentioned getting back to full strength. To quote, to quote the uh, the great Jeff Strickler after my freshman year when we beat Ontario down a few guys. He goes, "Now just wait till we get to full strength," and everyone's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mad scientist. Yeah, the, the mad scientist comes in there with some Bunsen burners, like just wait till we get to full strength, and it was epic. So yeah, Browns, man, we get to do this show. The show lives on. It goes another week. The show goes on. I ain't leaving. I ain't fucking leaving. I ain't leaving, baby. I love it. Browns, sixteen Sundays in hell. Joe Vore, the snowman. We'll talk to you guys now. I think I saw it Sunday. Looks like 305 Eastern CBS, Browns at okay. the Chiefs. So we'll, talk, so we'll talk to everyone next Sunday.